On today's episode of The Fizz, we celebrate Ice Cold Brew Lou's birthday by talking about our Monday night football to downtown Detroit, where we hung out with all the fans before the Lions played in primetime. We bounced from downtown to Greektown to Eastern Market, and boy, did we talk to a lot of great Lions fans. So we tell you all about that tailgate, then we break down the Detroit Lions game versus the Raiders, where they were able to take care of business under the bright lights of Monday night. After that, we get into the Detroit Red Wings, we talk about the Pistons, and then we play a game developed by our very own Channy Football called Gift or a Curse. After that, we give you our picks for Week 9, looking ahead, and then close with a little over-under. But before we get into the awesome show that we have for you today, I have to tell you about our amazing sponsor, and that is Vosa. Vosa, the RTD ready-to-drink Michigan-made vodka beverage that comes in two types. They have their vodka water, which has no carbonation, is very smooth, and has a lower alcohol by volume. And then they have their Highline, which is 7% alcohol by volume, has a little bit more sweetness and a little bit of carbonation. Both great options, just depends on what you're in the mood for. Next time you are at the grocery store and you see Vosa, know that they're Michigan-made, know that they're supporting the Fizz and Champagne Athletics, and give them a try. We would really appreciate that. And big news out of the Vosa camp, if you haven't heard already, Kate Upton has signed on with them as a co-owner. So you're going to see them pop up a lot more now in the next few months. Vosa, enjoy the finer things. But now, let's get into the fizz. Hello and welcome to episode 126 of The Fizz. Thank you all for being here, joining us, listening to us. It is 9 p.m. on Wednesday, November 1st. You guys are most likely hearing this on Thursday. So for that, I got to say happy birthday to my main man, Ice Cold Brew Lou. How are we doing, Lou? Thank you, brother. Fresh out of uh, Clawson Steakhouse, had a nice thick prime rib, medium rare, stomach's full. Got a fresh brewski for the recording um excited to fucking pop it off boys let's get it fucking right and all with me as always is as well is channy football how we doing channy lou happy birthday brother i did see a double baked potato or twice baked potato on it too that's correct but i saw a saganaki bomb you, you did might be taking a halftime break here <laughs> <laughs> gut bomb is ensuing gut bomb is here yeah buddy you gotta walk us through the whole meal i mean come on i had a bowl of chili for dinner tonight so tell me what you did (laughs) yeah we went uh i had old-fashioned to kick her off and then we went right into the saganaki um and then i went prime rib medium rare double baked fully loaded potato french onion soup the uh raspberry vinaigrette with the salad uh just the whole nine dude it was a, it was a fantastic meal shout out to Clawson Steakhouse I fucking love that place one of the uh the gems of Metro Detroit so what didn't you eat I think you just ordered <laughs> half the menu or named off <laughs> half the menu hey you never leave Clawson Steakhouse not full um you know I pretty much touched a little bit of everything I had some of Amber's dinner we went out with my parents as well got some of my dad's 
took down one of my mom's scallops. <laughs> so, <laughs> just, take you just, note, boys. You had a little bit of everyone's plate. <laughs> just had to get a feeler on all of it. Wait, so how big was the steak? Uh, I, I, I had the house cut prime rib. I'm not sure the, the size, but uh, but it filled up the whole plate. Let's it say that. It had been over a pound. Oh, dude, it was a fucking hammer. An absolutely perfectly cooked hammer, mind you, nonetheless. Dude, you you gotta eat like a gorilla, don't you? You just probably eat like a fucking bear. Elbows out, fucking. <laughs> I not even know. I meant I meant like how much you eat. I didn't think you had like two raw hands on the steak. I just meant like the the amount, like the amount That's you mean. eat. I mean, dude, even you listing all that, like I'd be toast. Like even just like if I'm starting with a saganaki and then a French onion soup, which is basically just like bread and cheese with like onion flavoring. <laughs> like I'm already like. I'm, I mean, like steak and potatoes is not coming after that for me. Or the I'm, carbs I'm getting... weren't lacking, boys. The yeah, carbs just bring were not box. lacking. And then uh, <laughs> instead of the espresso to wash it down, we got a, we got an IPA. So you know, wash it yeah. down. Espresso <laughs> washes it out, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Shane. I don't think you got it. Like you're worried about him having to, you know, fucking let it loose in the middle of the podcast. He's got to be clogged up, man. That's that's a clogger. <laughs> That's a clogger, not a flow. Oh, you think I was farting a few episodes ago, Frank? I'm going to fucking blow the screen in tonight. <laughs> yeah, make sure you wait till it's dead silent again. That'll be good. <laughs> that was good. You tried to, like, sneak it live on air. I was airlifting, like, fucking SpaceX, my boy. Fucking, okay. That's it. We're going to end <laughs> on that note there. We've had enough of Pizzo's meal. He walked us through the whole thing, even to the, the end of it. Um, so, boys, you know, we just hung out on Monday night. Lions game did the tailgate. Um, you know, I, I actually kind of think, I know we got a little bit of a different um, order here on the sheet, but I think we just kind of jump right into the, the lions and we can do our picks at the end for next week. How's that sound? Sounds Love great. It. Okay, sweet. Cause I'm just, I'm all jazzed up. Cause we just posted the tailgate video. If you guys haven't seen it yet, check it out on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, all the channels, TikTok. Um, go out for Monday night. Obviously it was our first, time filming a monday night crowd we've been out there sunday mornings uh for each one of the videos and i gotta say i thought it was gonna be like the most bonkers tailgate of the year um and then we kind of quickly learned like hey it is monday night like we're out there at four o'clock people probably are in the suburbs not even off of work yet don't get me wrong the energy level like got up there but i'm sure like in stadium was a lot more insane than like out of stadium. I thought it was going to be crazy and it was just a little tame. Yeah, I, think I, I, I agree with, I think that week one, or at least our first home game, Seattle, like people were out early and it was an explosion. And that's partially because of the weather, right? So um, nonetheless, like it was funny how like it kind of started slow, then it got hot. Then we switched out all of our stuff, went back out and got hot again. So it was kind of like, slow hot slow hot it was different pockets that were responding differently yeah i agree and like i feel like we got to eastern market like right at the witching hour of people starting to pack it up and like head to the stadium too um but we we still found a bunch of freaks there the detroit fucking faithful the roots of detroit as we call it here on the pod um so that was always a good time and and, and by that time we were drinking since four o'clock so we were feeling yeah. pretty good ourselves yeah. Um, I actually busted my ass on one of the fucking lime scooters buzzing over to Eastern Market, hit a little <laughs> fucking sand patch in the sidewalk and uh, 
took a little tumble. I didn't Frank Cerise it by any means, but uh, <laughs> I did. <laughs> I did go down. Yeah, I mean, we were definitely like, you know, it was kind of funny, like to have that realization, like, yeah, well, we did start at like 4 p.m. and we're like moving all this equipment around. It's like getting dark quick. We're we got we got all this equipment. We're dressed like idiots, like um, moving around on lime scooters, but. It was fucking awesome. So yeah, we did. Didn't didn't your scooter and Jerry's scooter die on the way to Eastern Market? I think you guys jogged the half mile up there, right? Yeah. So uh, <laughs> Jerry was with us for the tailgate. If anybody, uh, it was exciting to have him with us. But we his died. Mine was fine. But then I thought we could go twos on it. I thought we could run twos. Um, we couldn't <laughs> go twos. Jerry's fat ass um, completely weighed the thing down. Like. It just, it wouldn't go at all. It was going so slow that like I, there wasn't enough momentum to keep the thing upright. Uh, so we just had to like jog over and meet you guys. But yeah, we, we, we tried to go twosies on it and it was a hell of a Hey, we're work. a gritty podcast. We make it work. Fuck, fucking right. We do. I want to, I want to say something. Lou, how about when Frank was walking down between the DAC, people hanging out the window, calling out champagne People taking Snapchat selfies with them, shouting them out on the sidewalk. Frank's dude, like there was a, at least three or four smoker. in a row. Yes, dude, a hundred percent. I fucking this is Brian from Chicago, dude. I love champagne. This is you guys, uh. <laughs> dude. Frank's fucking. I'm surprised he was able to walk down the alley. His head was so fucking inflated. I think that's what weighed down the scooter. <laughs> No, that was cool. That was absolutely it was awesome. cool. Um, yeah, we had to dig into the budget to get those guys to do that right on the main road there. But uh, <laughs> it was cool. That was I did not expect that. One guy started filming, got a couple of high fives. You know, love to see it. It was great. It was awesome. A man of the people. Hey, I uh, was was it was an honor. It was an honor to be to be recognized out there, and it's a fucking blast. And I still got like a sore thumb. I was dressed like fucking Robin, and everyone thought I was like wearing a diaper so um you know part of it was just dressing like a fucking idiot hey shout out to you for fucking rocking that the whole night dude that was uh yeah. that was no, an one costume bro all right let's talk about this let's talk about this so like we you know we kind of have like a loose discussion leading up to it like it's gonna be you know devil's night on the cusp of halloween like i think the boys are all coming in like full costumes you know I, we didn't really discuss what we were gonna be or what we we're gonna do so i got like a fucking robin costume it looks like my legs are out i got the diaper the belt the mask which i fucking hated um it's even got these like little green footies uh <laughs> that go over your shoes and then i got a bright yellow like silk cape so i'm like fully ready to go and like the boys show up, i'm like what do you what do you guys what do you guys got like pizos rocks a wig and a headband and then chandler pops on the uh the blue ski mask and they're like all right let's head out and i'm just like all right, great. I guess I just uh, I just kind of overshot it here, huh? You guys didn't do didn't do costumes. I saw you on the weekend doing costumes at parties, but not for the video. Fine. So I didn't want to dress up like you as Captain Underpants. Yeah, and I was geriatric diaper pants. That's what those were. Um, but yeah, the I was shoe definitely slips were the hottest though, bro. You look like you were fucking flying in those things. <laughs> on the on the on the lime bird scooter or whatever, uh, the little footies and like the cape flapping in the wind. Like, I didn't know that thing came with a cape. I don't think I knew Robin wore a cape. No, I didn't. I, yeah, yeah, no, he did. He did. You know, now that I saw that the costume came with one, I figured it out, but I would probably wouldn't have got that right if you had asked me, but yeah, it was good. It was cold. Winter's here. 
winter has arrived. Uh, it was snowing. It was snowing for like bits out there. Um, and today's just cold. I had frost all over the car. Um, it's weather changing time. So we're a weather podcast. I thought we'd uh, talk about it a little bit. And these tailgates are about to, you thought they've been gritty. They're about to start getting real gritty with temperatures getting below freezing here, probably within a month or so. I oh, mean, we're gonna, yeah. You thought it was cold yesterday. We're going to be pulling up on a Sunday morning. It's going to be like 27 or 28. Oh, yeah. Especially we're coming fresh into a bye week. So we got, we're, we're missing the last little bit of some warmth and then we're, we're right into the vortex boys. Yeah. Yeah. We got to, the scooters might be tough. I mean, our fingies are going to get real cold. Boys. We're going to have to get some champagne mittens going or something, but we'll be out there. We'll figure it out. We'll put something in a thermos. Who cares? We'll be out there. It's only going to get better. Hell yeah. Gonna... What was who was your favorite person from uh from the tailgate videos, Frank? Who was your favorite run in? Uh I think it was the guy, the guy at Eastern Market who was the big Raiders fan who me and him got in like a screaming match. <laughs> uh, like one. he just said, like, I'm gonna beat your ass and like where what are you fucking you got any more fucking questions for me? I just like that guy a lot because uh I just asked him like too many questions and he was so done talking to me. Um and that that was probably my favorite guy. I thought he was great. Him and the guy screaming go lions outside of comerica who was just like harassing everybody yes he was awesome yeah those are my two favorite i think you have to we have to give uh, homage to stone cold not only did he say some genuine stone cold what lines but he also stunnered a guy and he actually (laughs) kind of stunnered him like he like sat on the ground and stunnered him like it was not fake yeah he kind of stunned himself too (laughs) (laughs) like he tried to stunner his buddy but like he didn't get like the full weight behind the guy's neck so he kind of just like bounced his tailbone like off the cement and then he was like asking me if i was cold and i was like buddy you are in jorts and a leather vest with nothing else on like leather's being generous yeah well yeah (laughs) yeah it was pleather baby that's stephen barry's quality shit yeah That was good. There was a lot of good folks out there. I was trying to think. Uh, Hollywood the, Raider was awesome. The yeah. uh, the other Raider guy that we talked to who was, like, talking about Jimmy G fucking all the porn stars and he can't get it done <laughs> on the field. He, dude, all the Raiders guys we talked to besides the homeboy at Eastern Market were all, like, pretty genuine, like, pretty fun to talk to folks. None yeah. from Vegas. None. None. Or even Oakland. They were just like the couple were from Canada and like, they were just like, yeah, I've just liked the Raiders my whole life. And and I thought it was, um, it was just funny because like they're a poverty franchise and they were very, very open to that. They were just (laughs) like, yeah, like we want to fire the coach. This is a nightmare. And then their coach got fired the next day. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of just fired Josh's shirt, Josh shirts. Um, God. No, I was going to say, I think we should hop right into the game now. Detroit Lions beat Vegas Raiders. Never really a doubt. The closest it kind of got was after Goff's pick six, but even then it never really felt like they were going to lose the game. I don't think it was like an absolutely fantastic dominant performance like it was versus Carolina, but nonetheless, national stage, took care of business, covered the spread, and our boy, Jameer Gibbs, took care of us big time. That was yeah. fucking awesome. Jameer Gibbs, um, by far best game of his career so far. 
more yards from scrimmage than Raiders total yards. Second straight game with a touchdown. I mean, this offense is just clicking. It doesn't matter if Montgomery's in, if J-Mo's playing good or dropping balls, if Reynolds is hurt. It, it doesn't matter. There's guys that just step up every week. And between Gibbs this past week, Amon Rob with another monster game over 100 yards. Fucking ho-hum, dude. Ho-hum. Yeah, flu like game. Yes, ho-hum. I've very rarely seen someone be able to just separate like that. Like, he's always open. I, I don't feel like there's ever a guy within one to two yards from him. So, again, just another great game, another great game plan by Ben Johnson. And it's like, I didn't feel like we played that great. We still threw up 26 points. Yeah, and For it should sure. have been 20, it should have been 29 if uh, our boy didn't miss a 26-yarder or whatever. <laughs> right. One, one of the troubling things for me, I guess, if we're going to look at like a negative side of the game for us was we started the game with three field goals, right? When you play top contenders, you play good teams, you play playoff football, we got to get in the end zone. You know, we can't kick a field goal on fourth and three. I'm not saying we should have went for it on these plays, but like we got to punch the ball in the end zone. There's no way we can come away with three field goals to start the game when you're dominating a team like that. Yeah, I would agree. And if, if we are nitpicking, uh, it does feel like the last two weeks, Jared Goff has come down to earth a little bit. Um, I don't think he's bad. I mean, versus the Ravens, like if you want to just call that a wash for the team, that's just fine. Uh, but he looked like terrible in that game. And then this game, I thought he was like fine, but he had like one of the ugliest pick sixes ever and like truly uncharacteristic for him because that was a ball. It looked like he was kind of trying to throw away or maybe get in the vicinity of a receiver, but he didn't commit to either one. And it kind of just ended up in no man's land. Um, and it got taken to the crib. And that's kind of like what you're saying, Lou. It's just like versus good teams. That's, I mean, that's how you lose the game. I mean, Mahomes had versus us one goes off of Tony's hands and that's the difference in the game. Right. Like, let's be honest. We took care of business last night and we did what we had to do, but the Raiders are an absolute dumpster fire. We saw that today with McDaniels getting let go with the GM getting let go, Devontae slamming his helmet on the sideline after missing a, you know, Garoppolo's benched. Garoppolo's benched. I mean, Devontae missed a couple balls that were first downs right in his hands, but Jimmy G also missed him on at least one touchdown pass for sure where he was open by 20 yards. He had one catch for 11 yards. I mean, that's that's unbelievable. That's and I don't think Mike's did anything either. I think he two had catches. one. Maybe two, yeah. yeah. So Josh Jacobs was their leading receiver with like 27 yards. Now, do you think that's, that that, that side of the ball, though, I feel like I feel like our defense made plays in the second half. Like what Anzalone had, what, two sacks this game? I think Aline McNeil had two sacks this game, like, I feel like the defense was getting after him at the end of the game to cause some of these things. And at the start of the game, I felt like it was just more of the Raiders short falling and, and truly just being the Raiders. I think we saw a little bit of us like wear them down and they got like frustrated and like tired or whatever you want to say. Cause at the end of the game, it was like, we were sacking them every other play. It felt like Tracy Walker got a sack, um, you know, shout out Kirby for his interception, even though like, Oh my God. Like he was, was a muffin. Back, he was backtracking that like a center fielder. That's how long <laughs> it was in the air. Like they were really fucking bad. Like Vegas is a really bad team. 
Yeah, no, I, 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 and, and I'll say it like, I, you know, and I don't want to keep bringing it up and I, I want the best for JMO, but it's like, brother, you got to make some catches here, man. Like, I feel like Goff almost feels like a disconnection with him at this point. Like he doesn't trust him if he throws the ball his way. There was a couple thrown balls that, that came to him that were easy, that were definitely catchable footballs. And it's like, we got to make a play on those, man. Yeah. And we, and I agree with you with that said, though, I do think he made like the best catch of his career and it was like nothing. It was like an eight yard slant, but that was the first time we saw JMO like catch a ball in traffic for like a short gain, like just a route a receiver should run versus, you know, the all verts, like turn around, track it and bring it in with your chest type deal. Like I, I'm not exaggerating when I say, I think that slant was the best grab of his career. Cause to me, I was like, that's an NFL, like a realistic NFL play. What what I'm what I'm figuring out and learning about this whole situation is, yeah, he'd take us uh, to a different dynamic or a different level, but I'm not sure we need him. Like we just saw Gibbs breakout game. Montgomery's been an absolute hammer in the backfield. Amon Ra's a top ten receiver, and Laporta's a top five tight end. Like, maybe we just need him for two to three catches a game. Just need him for a 15 to 20-yard grab. Maybe we don't have to rely on him like we thought we would. And I know it sucks because he was a first-round pick. But maybe he just has a smaller position on this specific team and can still help us win, and we don't need that five, six, seven grabs a game. Right. Well, and you know that the the, the GM, Brad Holmes, and the coaching staff is, is thinking we do need some help because we brought in the technician today from Cast Tech, Donovan Peoples-Jones. DPJ, what an ad. <laughs> that was definitely not what I was expecting for the deadline. I think everyone was looking for more of a splash, to say the least. Yeah, um, I was thinking more up... defense. Yeah, we got DPJ. So You know, don't hate it. Don't know if I love it yet, but I'm not against it, if that helps anything. <laughs> for some reason, he hasn't been playing this year, and I'm not saying he's not good, and we got him for a sixth-round pick, so it's worth taking a flyer on, but I think he has like under 100 yards this year after posting over 800 last year. Um, you know what he is, though? He's a deep threat, and, and that's, I think, what we need and what we've been missing um without JMO, that's that's the void that everyone thinks he's gonna fill. Maybe someone like a Donovan's people Jones can fill it. And guess what? We need eight to ten good games out of him. That's what we need right now at this point in the season. Brad Holmes wants a wide receiver four or three, like so bad, and he just can't seem to hit on one. Uh like Marvin Jones is is off the roster. That experiment just absolutely failed. Uh, who's the Jets guy we had? Mims. 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 That that didn't work. That that failed. He got cut. Um, I mean, if you want to stretch it as far as JMO, like that's not not going as planned. I think that's safe. <laughs> like I think that's fair to say. Uh, and now we're trying DPJ. So he just oh Trinity Benson wasn't that a guy that was supposed to like be on the roster? Uh, the name ringing any bells that was a guy i mean he might have made the roster but i don't know if he was a, a w wr3 <laughs> i thought yeah i don't know i just feel like we're trying to hit on one of these like we're trying to find like a diamond in the rough with some of these guys so yeah. hopefully dpj is the answer maybe he is well he's I'll gonna help who is us. the answer sam laporta that guy's a fucking jug yeah that guy rocks 
He's so reliable. His touchdown catch, that was Goff's best throw of the day, was that little that dart for the first touchdown. Outside, inside, right yeah, across there. And I know you there. posted the video I mean, they look good. of, of that lady. Looked... Oh, go ahead, Janie. Are we We're on a delay here, I think. <laughs> go ahead, Channing. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I heard Pizzo talking, so I stopped. But uh, what, what was I saying? I don't remember. That's in your brain, not ours. About Laporta? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just said golf through a dart to Laporta. It looked good. Um, yeah. And then I think uh, Pizzo was about to get into the uh, – Go ahead, Pizzo. The skinny white lady, the whole cans. Yes, the yeah, yeah I was going to talk about her fucking curling Jameer Gibbs up in the stands. Both of them hitting the shimmy. Uh, what a what a moment for him, dude, and and what a fucking game, and and what a moment for her, bro. What a fucking jug. She fucking curled that motherfucker straight up in the stands. <laughs> oh yeah, she uh she was not wasting that opportunity. She saw it was like one chance. Pulled him up, gave him the hug, helmet. Helmet on head, wrap the leg around. She was all for it. She was absolutely all for it. And honestly, good for her. That's your fucking moment. Monday night football, prime time. Jameer Gibbs is trying to jump into the stands. Yank him up. Why not? Yep. Remember Joyke Bell used to get on this, this like this the thing and like dance around? Yeah. Yes. He was just <laughs> getting back into the fucking aisleways because he used to run security there, so he wanted to get back home. <laughs> Speaking of that as a greater whole, I mean, I know you posted that clip yesterday, Frank, but how rocking did Ford Field look? Like, I know we say it every week, but I think you summarized it perfectly yesterday. Like, it could get scary if you have to come in there in January, and there's a real possibility that they're going to have one, maybe two home games with how their schedule is shaken out and where they're positioning themselves by stacking these wins so early in the season. It just, it like thumps, man. That dome, like, I feel like no sound gets out. And I feel like it's just like a pressure cooker. And it's not that big attendance-wise of a stadium, but I feel like everyone's like on top of the field. Like it's a very condensed 65,000 people, whereas some other stadiums are 80 or 85, but much bigger. And, and kind of to your point, they don't trap it like they do there. Yeah, I mean, that place is just like, a million tons of poured concrete. So all the sound, there's not a lot of soft walls in there. Like it is just, it is just echoing throughout the stadium. I mean, like think of week two when we were there, we got done with that game. We were like, I am fucking like cooked. I'm exhausted from yelling. Like, and my voice was toast and I didn't feel like I was yelling particularly much, but it was just like, even to like talk to the person next to you, you had to be screaming. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be fucking nuts. I'll tell you what, though, it is nice that we're rolling into a bye week this week with all the injuries and, and everything that we got going on on the sidelines to rest up. But I'll tell you what, it ain't it ain't getting any easier when we come back two weeks from now. We're heading out to L.A., battling the Chargers. That's That game in Dallas, I would say, are our biggest road games left of the season. Yeah. Other than that, I mean, it's like, beat the shit out of the division and handle the Broncos at home. Right. I mean, yep. that's kind of like what we're looking at. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the only other game, I guess you could say is when we go to the Superdome and take on the saints, but I, I don't think we have any problem mm. taking care of business down there in new Orleans. New Orleans. I think it's just crazy how 
uh, it keeps getting worse for everyone in the division, uh, like Bears, Vikings, and Green Bay. And this is like this happens to be the year where we play five of those six games in the second half of the season. Like, right, and and I like what what Minnesota. I don't like it for the Lions' sake, but I like for, like it for Minnesota's sake, going out and getting a quarterback after uh, Kirky going down with the Achilles. But what the fuck are the Bears doing? Who the fuck do they think they are? <laughs> what getting sweat? Yeah, like what? Do, why are you making a move? You're dead. I don't understand it at all. I was kind of hoping Chandler could maybe provide some insight to it, but like that guy's just gonna walk. I have no insight because I don't think like that. I, I, <laughs> they're not making a run. I can tell you that. Not with Bajent or Bajent as quarterback. Um, I guess they have some of the cap space if they want to try to get a run at him. But why you trade a second round pick for the final nine games this year? I'm not too quite sure. It's just the Bears being the Bears. That's why the Lions beat up on them, kick them down beat them in their house, beat them in our house. I mean, we own the Bears, and these are the reasons why. The Lions stack good decisions. The Bears make head scratchers that make absolutely no sense. Yeah, and let's just back up. So, obviously, we're doing trade deadline right now. We're already in it. So, trade deadline happens uh, Tuesday after Monday Night Football at 4 p.m. Uh, Bears trade a second-round pick. Is that right? Yep which they are a bottom five team. So that's going to be an early thirties pick. Excuse me. Uh, and they trade for Montez sweat who has an expiring contract. Uh, so he could, unless they renegotiate the contract and he wants to stay in Chicago, he could easily walk next year and they just lose a second round pick, which is exactly what they did with chase Claypool. Right. Correct. But his yep. contract didn't expire. They just they they signed him and got rid of him. Yeah. Yep. But that was a third rounder. The what the Claypool? fuck? No. Yeah. Claypool, I think, was a second rounder. Was he? Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. So pissed good luck. away more picks, even worse. Yeah, it makes no sense. I mean, what One are you guys thing. grading the Lions as? I mean, I I feel like like that's the most polarizing topic right now is some people are like we needed an edge rusher or a defensive lineman or a guy in the secondary to help out uh with our defense and and other people are saying hey i love what we got we're six and two we just need to make little moves and get people healthy i wanted to move i mean without a doubt i wanted something i wanted a splash i wanted a guy to come in that was either you know, uh, a big name like Chase Young or like more of a depth guy even uh, to help out with the secondary or the line or anything like that. So I'd be lying if I said I didn't want to move, but I also, um, it's hard not to trust Brad Holmes at this juncture. And like you said at the start of the podcast, Channy, like uh, all this team has done is bring the next man up and win with the guys that are there. I mean, you look at our receiving core on paper outside of Amon Ross St. Brown, like what's going on there? You know, it's nothing. I mean, even Jared Goff was no one like he wasn't a top anything quarterback, like not as far as a year and a half ago. Um, so we just keep doing it with our own guys. You know, um, Chauncey goes down or CJ Gardner Johnson goes down and like Tracy Walker just steps right up. You know, it's kind of crazy. I think it's done My- a little more because of, of, of who we went to. 
um, because he goes to the Niners and now he's on the other end uh, opposite of Bosa, um, Joey Bosa. So um, at the end of the day, or excuse me, that's Nick Bosa that's over there. Uh, But nonetheless, um, that's why I was a little more irked about them not making a move is because they made that move. The Eagles got Kevin Byard to help with their mm-hmm. roles in secondary. Um, it's like they're playing to it, what it seems like to win this year. Not that the Lions aren't, but those teams seem to be going more all in, much like San Francisco did last year when they got Christian McCaffrey. So um, it's a little frustrating. And at the same time, you know, I trust in Brad. I trust in Dan Campbell. And we have a good team as is that was built through last year and this offseason. For sure. And and the frustrating thing, I guess, the or the most frustrating thing for me was that seeing the Niners only gave up a third round pick to get Chase Young. You know, it's like, why would we not offer something like that? Mind you, Chase Young's contract's up. So like they're gonna either have to re-sign him or he becomes a free agent at the end of the year for San Francisco. But like you said, they're playing to win now. I would have given up a third and a second to get him this year on the Lions. So that was disappointing for me. But at the end of the day, it's like you look what Brad Holmes has built. Every one of our rookies last year or uh, on Monday pretty much showed out. Jack Campbell had four or five tackles. Jameer Gibbs had a career day. Laporta tore it up. Colby Soresdale actually had a fucking great game on the offensive line. So they're they're riding with, the, hey, we know how to fucking pick our guys that we want to win, and, and we're going to build off of that. You know, that that's my take on it. The other thing, too, I read is that apparently Holmes made a ton of calls. Like, it wasn't for lack of trying. He was kicking the tires on everything, trying to figure out the price. And Campbell, I thought, like, had a pretty interesting quote on it. Um, Campbell said – you know, a lot of these guys out there, they had the numbers, but a lot of them, the tape wasn't necessarily there for us, which I kind of thought was just interesting, um, you know, which could mean like they have great numbers or whatever, but they went and watched every single sack that they had. You know, was it a coverage sack? Was it like an assisted thing? I don't know. Obviously, I'm not breaking down all the tape and stuff on these guys. And I know Chase Young's a number two overall pick and he's an asset, like without a doubt. But I think I don't think it was for lack of trying. And I also think a guy like Brad Holmes was brought in to be the GM because he builds through the draft. Um, and he has the utmost confidence in his draft picks, probably even more than he does with trades or signings. Um, and he values probably draft picks higher than maybe we're used to or other GMs do. He'd probably rather use that third round pick and find another Amon Ross St. Brown type deal. Right. Aren't you a little fearful though? Because you know, Goff's coming up here soon. Yeah, uh, Panay Sewell, St. Brown are all coming up here soon. Eventually, Aiden's going to have to get an extension. Jonah so, Jackson. Yeah. So it, you know, right. at the, you know, what I'm saying is, you know, we have to go for it this year and probably next year because after that, you're going to see a big wave of of contracts that fill up a lot of what we're doing, and you're going to have to continue to draft at a high level to keep the cheaper players in and around here. So. My thing is this is NFL is not for long. You have a small window unless you're a dynasty like the Patriots or the Chiefs. Um, But outside of that, you've got usually two to three years to win a Super Bowl. And we talk about them a lot. Look at the Bills. I mean, the Bills seem to be on the other side of the hill almost already. And they're what, three years into their run. So um, it's, it's one of those things where you know, the tides can turn quickly in this league and you got to strike it while it's hot. 
No, I agree. But uh, I think I think Holmes just has the confidence he can he can replace him for cheaper. I mean, let's just look at a couple of them. Hawkinson, like I didn't necessarily like that we moved him in the division. Sam Laporta comes in and replaces him. I didn't want to let DJ uh, Shark Shark walk. Uh, that doesn't hasn't mattered at all. Uh, it's turned out that didn't that literally didn't matter. Uh, a lot of people didn't want Jamal Williams to go. Now, obviously, I think we paid more for Monty than he would have costed, but he found another guy and he's better. So it's not like he hasn't proven it and he doesn't seem fearful of guys walking. Um, so that's just kind of my thought. He's He's been pretty fearless in everything he's done, mm-hmm. which is yeah. pretty dope. Unlike hey. like Bob Quinn days where it was we're, just we're like. We're just not used to this, dude. Let's just take it. Yeah, let's just take a Twitter. Yeah, yeah. yes, exactly. Trust in Brad. Trust in yep. Brad and Dan. He's and given us no reason not to. Yes, yep. agreed. Um, well, all right, boys, six and two headed into the bye week. I don't think the bye week could have been placed better. Get our asses kicked by Baltimore. Eat some humble pie. Head back home in prime time. Beat the shit out of the Raiders. Literally get them to fire their coach and bench their quarterback. Uh, now we spend a week, uh, get two weeks, get healthy, um, and then come back on the road, fresh and recharged. No pun intended. Head to LA, take on the, the bolts. Um, we're in a good spot and man, our fucking rest of the schedule is like a 300 win percentage. It's if just, you, it's hard not to get excited. Yourself that at the start of the season, that we'd be six and two at the bye week. Everyone would have signed off on that. If you said, well, fast forward and you can be six and two. No one would have not taken that deal. Uh, a near flawless first half of the year from the Lions, although they had a flawed game or moment here or there, um, that's going to happen in this league. I mean, this team's got to have be performing at a B plus, A minus level right now. They're looking better every week, and you said it perfectly, Frank. You've got to be encouraged about what you're seeing right now and where this team could be heading. Yeah, and then if you're looking over your shoulder, too, I mean, the Eagles go into the gauntlet. We take on, like, Bears, Vikings, Packers, and they go Bills, Chiefs, you know. Eagles. Well, Eagle, that's what I'm talking about. The Eagles play Bills, Chiefs. Bills, Chiefs, Niners, Seahawks. Cowboys twice. It's insane the next six here. Yeah. It'll be fun to watch. Definitely from a Lions standpoint. Fucking right. All right, Lions, good shit, boys. Uh, we'll give our betting picks and the rest of the NFL uh, at the end of the show. Um, so stick around if you like those. Uh, but now we're going to switch into the Detroit Red Wings, who had a little bit of an up-and-down week. I'd say it was a net negative week, uh, but we're able to salvage it right at the end. Um, the Wings, even if you look back at, the Holland days, the Blashill days, they tend to start seasons pretty fast. Now, not as fast and not as convincing as they started this year with scoring fucking five, six goals a game with the Brink and Larkin leading the NHL, just overall looking better. Um, but these last three games, definitely, I feel like they very quietly were kind of slipping into a scary spot. So they play Winnipeg and Boston. They lose two games in a row. Both scores four to one. Offense was non-existent. Winnipeg turn was the most boring game of the season. Just slowly beat us. And then we had the big test going into Boston, the cream of the crop for the Atlantic division. And they go out there and, in my opinion, just did not have the juice, did not have the spark. They did not look like a team 
that was ready to compete with the Bostons of the NHL, which is the leader in that division. Uh, Valeno scored a beautiful fucking goal, and I'm glad to see him heating up. But to me, that was like, okay, we got a little more work to do here. So then you lose to the Kraken in overtime, you lose to Winnipeg, you lose to Boston, and then they travel to Long Island to take on the Islanders. And we were watching it side by side with the Red Wings on Monday, and they were losing that game two to nothing, kind of halfway through the third. It was like, oh shit, are we about to be on a four game losing streak and score two goals in three games? And then it just exploded three goals in four minutes. Um, and the, uh, the wings were able to come back and win that game in absolutely electric fashion, which is a lot different than what you've seen wings teams do in the past. Old wings were rolled over and died in that game. Yeah. And I think, uh, I think when we were watching it the other night, it was good to see, and I thought you said it, that it was good to see Raymond score that goal. Mm-hmm. Um, good to get him going. We've had some of the other people going. Obviously, DeBrinkett's had a great start to the year, but to see Raymond score that goal, and like you said, just cap off a good road victory. I, I'm not a huge hockey guy, but in sports in general, if you can take one on the road, that's always a great outcome, regardless of how you got there. Um, but again, hey, this team, it's it's 10 games in, right? You're Mm -hmm. 10% through the season, roughly. So you've got to continue to prove it. And you said it, Frank, the goal is to make the playoffs this year. And playoffs teams do this week over week over week over week throughout the duration of a a season. Yeah, I agree. And if if you sum it up on a positive spectrum, you say, you know, there's always two sides to look at everything. So you look at a positive spectrum, you call that cracking game a fluke. They lose 5-4, but they get a point out of it. That's fine. Winnipeg, you lost at home after starting hot as hell. I can let it go. Boston, top three team in the NHL. You lose that game on the road, fine. Uh, and then a positive from that Islanders game is Larkin, Dabrinkit, uh, zero points, I believe. Not part yeah. of the goal scoring whatsoever. We got goals from Comfer. We got goals from Wallman. Beautiful pass from Moritz Sider to set up Comfer's goal. And then in overtime, you get the goal from... Uh, from Raymond to Comfort doing the back and forth there. So it was good to see we're not completely reliant on DeBrinken and Larkin, but obviously the negative side of that is like those guys in our worst stretch of the year combined for one assist since the um, Winnipeg game. Yep. And it's always good to see the jug Raymond stepping up and scoring that, that OT winner. You got cider dishing out a couple apples. The boys are buzz. Yeah, I thought Mo and Raymond, it was a good week for them. Um, just need really everything goes through, I feel like, to bring it in Larkin when when they're humming, you know, the whole team's team's humming. So um, we'll be good. And you're going to uh, the game tomorrow, right, Lou? Yeah, yep. I'll be or at today, the uh, – If you're listening yeah, now. Yeah, yeah thir- I'll be at the game, uh, the Panthers game, uh, Thursday night for sure. So first one of the year. Excited to, uh, to get to Little Caesars, baby. Fucking I almost right. said Joe Lewis. I still say it. Can't help it. Dude, I've been saying, like, I, I remember growing up with my dad, like, my dad, and he would always make the wrong sports reference. You know, he'd, like, call them the California Angels um, or, like, I don't even know, like, Atlanta Flames. Maybe that's a bad example. But, like, he would do all those old things wrong. And yesterday, on Monday, I could not stop calling them the Oakland Raiders. Just couldn't stop <laughs> calling them the Oakland Raiders. I keep calling LCA the Joe. And I was like, damn. Like it just, that's just how it goes. Like this is, this is what happened. Like I'm still saying the Phoenix coyotes and shit like that. Like it's just, I don't know. It's just how it goes, I guess. 
You turn it yeah. into your parents. It's that insurance commercial. <laughs> that just, progressive like, commercial. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm calling every, everything wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there is yeah. another team over at LCA. Um, first time in what? Six years since the arena opened that there's a little bit of buzz around the Pistons. I know they obviously made the playoffs, but nonetheless, exciting. Who can forget, who can forget that playoff run? <laughs> yeah, yeah, swept for nothing. Uh, but exciting start to the season for them. Um, Jalen Duran is an absolute monster. I feel like he's a double double machine, automatic motorcade. Cade Cunningham starting off great. He's the leader. He's the he's the cornerstone of the franchise. Oh rests on his shoulders. And then Usser Thompson, the rookie, it was kind of an unknown pick. I don't think a lot of people loved the pick at the time, but the guy's been great. Um, Pistons started off two and two, actually just final uh, or finished tonight, final 110-101 Blazers. Um, so the Pistons dropped to two and three, but I don't know about you guys. I'm excited just about the pieces we have. I don't think it's going really anywhere this year, but it's a building block into what could be the cornerstone and the foundation of the franchise these next five to 10 years. They're, they're like fun and feisty, right? I mean, yeah. that's like, they're not going to be good, but as long as they have like players and like, I mean, I'm looking right now, Cade put up 30 again. You said Duran's averaging a double double. I'm pumped to hear that Oscar's doing great. I haven't been able to watch um, too much, but I saw the highlight of like the 32nd. Who's the other guy who got two steals? Sasser, Saucer, Sasser. Yeah, yeah. So this is Frankie Hoops just checking in, but like I'm just I'm all for like fun and fiery. If you just like suck to suck, you know that's brutal. Yeah. No, I mean you can definitely say the the foundation is looking bright. The uh, the rough carpentry is just starting to get put up. You know, before you know it, we're going to have the bricks, the kitchen, and the bathrooms done, and we'll be living in a mansion, boys. All right, Bob, the builder. <laughs> what the hell is going on, man? You take away all our credibility when you say shit like that. <laughs> what are you? You like <laughs> He's like, you sign the contract, you put together a blueprint, you pay a guy, he gets the materials. Some of the materials are back-ordered. <laughs> <laughs> just there's a surplus on wood yeah. you gotta go back to the contract or the wood doesn't come in <laughs> oh COVID hits <laughs> just walking oh, us through and building a house <laughs> yeah next thing you know boys you're living in a mansion like what is does that mean we're gonna win the NBA championship what does that mean you understand mean? Frank you got it dude you're All fucking right. genius hilarious <laughs> <laughs> well that's funny. Let's let's take it away from sports for a minute. We're going to play a game. You guys ready for this game? I'm fucking ready. Hell yeah. All right. We are going to play gift or a curse. So I'm going to give you five life scenarios. These scenarios are a little <laughs> odd. Some could see them as a gift. Others could see them as a curse. So Your I'm going friend. to give you a scenario. I'm going to give you a little bit of a background. And then you're going to give your answer. There is no right or wrong answer. All right. So let's start off with scenario number one. Frank, you're up first. And I want both of you to give you an answer on these okay. scenarios. Is it a gift or a curse to live until you're 120 years old? 
Uh, need you, I'm going to go with my gut here. I'm going to try not to think about these too much. I think that's a curse. Uh, I don't think I want to live to 120 um, unless I can guarantee perfect health. And even then, I'm not sure just because, um, you know, it's kind of morbid, but you kind of watch everyone around you pass away. You know, obviously, unless you have like grandkids and you build this big family and yada, yada, yada. But a lot of variables there. I don't think I need 120. You know, give me the 80 and I can dip, um, you know, maybe even 90, but 120 seems like too much. So I, I probably wouldn't even know what kind of world I'm living in at that point. Uh, overrated or what would we say? Oh, curse, curse. curse. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you, Frank. I'm going to have to go with curse as well. I am hoping to see 80 is uh, on my end. Um, 120, <laughs> I feel like the last 20 years you are just rigor mortis and your body is you're just sitting in a chair and, and you're melting away. Um, I'm going to go with a curse on that one as well. All yeah. Right. And All after, right. uh, yeah, well, you guys see the videos and we just talked about Pizzo's dinner. I don't think 120s in the cards for us. <laughs> Hate to break it to everyone see, so here. I try some of these on, on my wife before the show and I had 110 and she was like, no, of course I'd, I'd live until then. Like the, the medicine's going to be so good then. Like, I'm going to be in great shape. So <clears throat> I, I upped it to 120, um, which was the wrong move. All right. <laughs> Scenario number two, Lou. Me and, me and Lou are just like, yeah, we'll dip at 80. <laughs> 85 sounds cool. <laughs> is this scenario a gift or a curse? And I'm going to give a little background. Okay. You're carrying around an 18-inch hammer. Yes, you know what I mean. You Penis. have an 18-inch hammer. And you have to obviously have the downside of carrying it around. And you probably Are we talking soft or stiff? Soft. Okay. Okay. You can't wear short shorts anymore. You can see it bulging through your pants. But obviously, you have an 18-inch hammer, and you could have gone a different career path. Lou, is that a gift or a curse? I think it's always a gift if you got an 18-inch soft Ooh. hammer. I don't know how you could see that as a curse in any type of way. That is a gift from Jesus Christ, my Lord. Yeah, amen, brother. Up, you're <laughs> preaching. You're preaching the Bible here. Hallelujah. I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna be mad with a with an 18 inch hammer, man. Like, no, I would, I would, I would gladly accept that. I deal with carrying it, as you put it. Um, you know, my diaper, my of my Robin costume would have probably fit the, fit a little better. I'll deal with it. You would have rolled up like a, a sausage link in there. <laughs> yeah, it'd been pretty cool, man. That'd been pretty dope. Take my sausage to Eastern Market. That's the meatpacking district. I would have taken it. All right, all right. Both a gift. All right, gift. Resounding gift. I just want everyone to know where we stand on that. Scenario number three: Living Taylor Swift's life slash lifestyle. So obviously Taylor Swift is very popular. She's worth a ton of money, but you probably don't have too many true friends. You can never go out in public without being bothered, and every move you make is documented. So, Frank, is Taylor's life and lifestyle a gift or a curse? Uh, I think it's a gift. I'm I'm all for it. Like I'll I'll make a billion dollars in a year and figure out the rest later. Um, I'll try to find some true friends uh, at that point. But living her life, I think, is is pretty legit, and it's probably what she wanted. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's not a curse. I'm gonna say a gift. I'll uh, I'll try to make one billion in a year and see uh, and figure it out on my own if that's my option. 
gift. Okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go opposite direction here. I'm gonna go with it's a curse. Obviously, the money flowing in is is always a, a blessing, and you can do whatever you want. But it's like you can't enjoy anything of a regular lifestyle that other people can do. Like you always have somebody pointing a camera at you, somebody bothering you during dinner. You can't fucking just go out and walk around and hang out. You can't egg a house. You can't fucking. Just do regular, normal people shit because you always have a security guard. You always have a camera in your face. You always have somebody judging about fucking this, that, and the other thing. Why don't you donate your money to homeless people instead of buying this car? Shut the fuck up, you know, because I earn this money. That's why I'm going to go with the curse. That's why. Yeah, I, I guess I didn't really think about it. Me, me and my wife go out every week and we egg houses. So it would be it would really, <laughs> normal people do. Yeah, like normal, you know, normal people stuff. Just go out egg houses. That would suck, actually. You kind of swung me the other way. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. Scenario number four, um, changing your past. So would you want to go back and change events in your past? But if you did, it could also change your future path. So, Lou, would changing your past be a gift or a curse? Man, that's a tough one. I'm going to go with a curse just because I, I don't really hate where everything is at right now. I think things are going pretty good for me. So I, I'm happy on the path that I am. Um, there's a lot of unknown. If you go back and change shit, you never know where you could be or, or what could be happening or all that good shit. So I'm going to go with it being, a, I'm going to say it's a curse. So I have a question to clarify. So when I go back or I jump in the portal or I'm on the website to change mm -hmm. things, whatever it is, like, do I, do I get to go back knowing what I know now? Because if I just like flip, like say I just went back to freshman year at state, but I'm just still as dumb as I was then, like, and now, but I know I get to change things, but like, do you know how they end up? Does that make sense? Doesn't know how you end up. You know, you, you have your life experiences, but it could be a totally different path by totally different decisions you make. If I could go back knowing what I know now, there'd be a few things I'd change and I don't think it would alter a lot. It would just kind of make some things easier for me now. Um, but if I, if I just go back to, to go back and change, but you don't things, know anything when you go back. I don't back. know anything. Yeah. yeah. I'd say it's a curse. That's, that's a good question. Cause I'm just going to fuck it all up again. <laughs> right. Gotcha. So that's a good if, one, Frank. So you were that you say it's a gift. Would you go back and wear your Robin mask from Monday night again? Uh, yeah, I'd probably cut like the holes out bigger though more, and I would put more and more of an emphasis on you guys wearing an actual costume. <laughs> I think I would, I would go back a week and say, "Hey, I'm gonna buy this Robin costume. What are you guys being?" Yeah, Please sure, we'll be all dressed up. Yeah, yeah, we'll see you there, Frank. Yeah, 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 yeah 100. We're all gonna be superheroes. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna look sweet. like fucking Nickelback. Nice, I'm not a superhero. I mean. All right, Jesus. last one. Let's just keep it on the this rails. This is a here. disaster. Last one, <laughs> gift or a curse? Frank, you're up. I actually already know your answer, Mr. Burns. Winning the lottery. So winning the lottery. Yeah, man, it's a gift. <laughs> Cash me in, brother. Yeah. Oh, yeah, buddy. You want to you have the lottery curse? You want to have your you're... life change, your friends? It, it, I think it could get weird if you Here's won the, the... lottery. Here's the thing I always say about like winning the lottery. 
I already like is it public knowledge? There like no one can like FOIA who wins the lottery, right? I think yeah, in the state of Michigan you can it have anonymously. Yeah. I always say, you know, me and Sarah, we get we get like when it's up to like one point nine billion or something sickening, you know, I'll go get like the Mega Millions ticket. I'm always just like, all right, let's agree if we hit this, we just like don't tell anybody. And we just kinda do as but as as best we could. We try to cover it up <laughs> like we didn't win the lottery. Frank, wake up, pal. You buy a ten million dollar house. Buddy, the merch is selling like crazy. That's what I would say. Where's yeah, like, the camper from? Yeah, the merch, dude. Speaking of merch, we just launched these new embroidered sweaters for anybody oh, those watching are on YouTube. Yeah, they're pretty good. Nice. Hell yeah. yeah. Those yeah. are great. Oh, what up, Thank Playboy? You. Yeah, go check out the Save store. Save some for the rest of us. High quality sweaters. Yeah, by ten million on these sweaters. <laughs> well, gentlemen, thank you for playing the first round of Gift or Curse. I hope you enjoyed. Good work, good. Channy. Yeah, I love it. It was good stuff. The uh, the hammer question was was my favorite. <laughs> I loved how we were all on the same page there. Um, Just fucking dangling out of your short shorts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right, boys, we're about to hit the hour mark. Let's do a little preview into week nine. The Lions obviously have a bye week, but the rest of the NFL does not. Well, you get what I'm saying. And yep. then we will close with over under. So. We already kind of did trade deadline things. Um, is there any other wrap-up notes you wanted to talk about the rest of the NFL? Anybody making moves or anything like that? I mean, I think the Niners had to make a move. Um, they've lost three straight now. They're on a bye week this week now. Um, they looked unstoppable a month ago, and now it looks like they can't find their footing, and Brock Purdy may not be who we thought he was. So um, I think it was a, a greatly timed by week for the Niners, but I feel like we're way ahead of them as far as being in the driver's seat for a one and or two seed in the NFC. To me, it's just crazy how fast it goes from like an unstoppable machine to like, oh my God, we're leaking oil everywhere. Like it's just the Niners is one of the quickest ones I've seen in a, in a, in like a two week span, three week span. We're seeing the real Brock Purdy now. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we got some great games for week nine. Um, some yeah. really awesome matchups. The board it is tough. It's tough. But before we get our picks, I did want to say this because I don't think we put enough emphasis on it. Even last week's show, uh, we had another free collective bet this week. And we agreed on the show we were going to take the Lions at like minus eight. That line Maybe eight and a half. It mm -hmm. dropped. It was eight and a half, yeah. Yeah. It dropped all the way to seven, and it had me and Channy pretty worried. Uh, Lou was just – he didn't care. He was all for it no matter what. But it dropping kind of scared both of us because obviously that kind of means they might not cover. Money's coming in the other way or all in on the Lions. And uh, so we compromised, and we went – Jameer Gibbs anytime touchdown with Lions money line. It was at like minus 110. Obviously, that hit. Um, so Gibbs scoring, that was awesome. So now we have um, you know, another free four hundred dollar bet. Because the way a free bet works, it doesn't like double. You just like right. get yeah. that money you want. You get your four hundred. Yeah. Yep. So we're so we're at three eighty. And uh, <laughs> you know, maybe we'll talk this through and maybe we put it on put it on another one this week. 
Amen. Are we ready to roll or do we want to preview anymore? Uh, no. Roll. Go ahead, Jerry. All right. I'm ready because I love this game and I keep betting against this team and I'm going to keep doing it because I really don't fully believe yet. We're going to go overseas, 930, Uh-oh. kickoff in Germany, Chiefs, Dolphins, Chiefs coming off their worst performance of the year. Dolphins, the hot, flashy team. Chiefs are battle-tested. And I'm going to give you guys one stat as to why the Chiefs are going to win this year. Dolphins have have had 12 sacks on their opponents this year, okay? 12 sacks on their opponents. They've given up 27, okay? You don't get to Patrick Mahomes, and you can't protect Tua against this Chiefs team. The Chiefs will take advantage of you and will bury you into the ground. I'm going to take the Chiefs by at least a touchdown this week over the Dolphins. Wakey, wakey early or put the bet in late. Don't miss it because you're going to be cashing by the one o'clocks. Channing, I'm with you 100%. I had that was actually my pick as well. I'm not using that one, but I am just resoundingly agreeing. Um, Another reason is I I don't know if I zone out and miss it, but obviously Chiefs coming off an embarrassing loss to Denver. When was the last time Mahomes lost two games in a row? Truly, I would love to see that stat. Um, the one thing that every naysayer is going to say is that the first team to land in London is 8-0. Miami got there last night. The Chiefs get there either today or tomorrow. Fuck that stat. Who cares? Who cares? They're playing in a football game either way. I like the Chiefs all day. I'm with you, Channy. What? Right. Wow. I don't know, boys. I kind of like the Dolphins in that one. Wow. Now I love the Chiefs. Too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Frank, are you mirroring Chandler or you got your own pick? Little no, bitch. I was hoping you'd go because uh, I'm still – well, because he took mine. Do you have, do you okay. have one ready to go? I got one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go – I'm going to go with a little over-under here again, boys. We got Seattle visiting Baltimore. Over-under is set at 44. I love this over, boys. Give me the over 44 of Seattle, Baltimore. I think this game gets closer to 50. Two pretty solid offenses, a little banged up defenses. I think this is an easy cashier ticket. Head to the nearest Brinks truck, go steal a bag, head to the bank, cash it in, put in your bookie. Over 44. Over 44. Okay, there we go. Um, All right. Well, I, you know what? I'm just looking at this. And I'm a little nervous about it, but we're no place for a nervous person, right? I'm going to stay in the same game for this pick. I think this game is going to be really close. Seattle Seahawks at Baltimore Ravens. Everyone is all hot and bothered about the Ravens. Anytime Lamar rips it, they get really excited. Um, And especially against like the Lions, who are a good team. Everyone's really hot on the Ravens. I'm not saying that they can't win this game, but I don't think they're going to be able to cover a five and a half spread. The Seahawks are really under the radar in the NFC. I think they're a very good team and they got better at the trade deadline. Look for the Seahawks to fight hard in this game. Keep it a three, four point game, but not five and a half. Um, Seahawks cover at Baltimore plus five and a half. All right. I'm going to keep it on the East Coast. Um, this one just looks easy to me. Let's get straight to the point. The Cowboys suck. The Eagles are good. 
I know it doesn't help our Lions, but we touched on it earlier. Cow- Eagles next six games. Cowboys, Chiefs, Bills, Niners, Cowboys, Seahawks. This is the easiest game out of the next six games. They're fighting for a number one seed. They know they have to win it, and they're only laying three at home against the Cowboys. I just don't think the Cowboys are that good. They don't really ever win in Philadelphia. Jalen Hurts steps up in big games. I think they beat them up a little bit here in this game. I think the Eagles win by double digits. Give me Eagles wow. 31, Cowboys 17, and a beatdown going into Sunday night. Cowboys remind me of like that team. It's like the bigger the game, the worse they play, too. Yep. All right, boys. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go a little big brain here. Minnesota visiting Atlanta. This game probably sounds like an absolute dumpster fire. I believe that uh, Dobbs just got traded. He's probably not playing. Jaron Hall getting the start for Minnesota. Atlanta benching Ritter. They're going with Henneke. Four and a half points seems like too much for this much shit going on. I'm going to ride with the Minnesota Vikings here and Jaron Hall to get it done in his first cover. I don't know if they're going to win or not, but I think they cover the four and a half. I think this is an absolute dog shit scrap game, um, and they keep it close. Give me the Vikings plus four and a half. I don't hate the pick. Um, I heard that Ritter might play. I heard he wasn't benched. I heard he was out for concussion protocol, if that means anything. I think you want Ritter in the game if you're betting the Vikings. I still like Vikings if Ritter's playing or if not, but I I thought Henny was getting the start either or. I still like the Vikings. I stand by the Vikings. I stand by the purple and gold. Skull plus four and a half. (laughs) Okay, man. Chandler said go pack go last week and you said skull this week. So I just want (laughs) to lay that out. Maybe I'll fucking, whatever the bears say, bear down. Maybe I'll jump on that train. Um, All right. I don't know. Not really big brain here. I'm just going for like the up down theory. The Carolina Panthers won their first game, a really ugly game last week. Uh, Game. They weren't expected to win whatsoever. Uh, versus the Houston Texans. I don't think they have back-to-back wins in them. I don't care that they're at home. The Colts have lost three straight. I think they're a terrible team as well, but I don't think they lose four straight to the worst team in the NFL bad, and that's simply all I'm basing this on. Colts are favored in this game, two and a half. I think they cover that versus Carolina. It's just one of those Carolina's a bad team who won a game. They're not winning two in a row. Colts have lost three in a row in that crazy one to the Browns that they should have won. Colts cover this two and a half in Carolina. There we go. And that wraps up the picks. That is it, fellas. Uh, Do we want to talk offline about what our hammer is? I feel like we did not come. I thought we might be on the Chiefs, but then it sounded like Pizzo wanted to pull out of that one. So Let's talk offline. No, No rash decisions. Let's round table that. Fine. Fair enough. Fair Can enough. we release it Sunday morning? Uh, yes, yes, definitely. Of course we okay. can. The, the only other thing, the only other thing too, is if we wanted, you know, we each pick three different games and we just try to survive with money as we, as we go. But I kind of like all in on one. Yeah. I let's dial like, in. Yeah. yeah. I like to dial right, cool. in. All right. We'll dial her in. All right. Fuck. Let's close with over under. 
Um, Jerry sent us the list earlier today. Jerry was out tailgating with us, uh, carried all the equipment. It was awesome. He stole my grit hat, uh, but he deserved it. He earned it, came in town for the game. It was nice to hang out with him, met all the guys that he hadn't met yet. It was great. So, Jerry, thanks for coming in. Um, he sent us the list, and right now he's playing in a regional semifinal for the Hornies right now. He said, LGRW, wow, Hornies regional go. semifinal Wednesday. So let's go, Hornies. Match day, Step baby. up, Hornies. Let's go. Let's go. Come on, Hornies. Let's go, boys. All right, number one on the list. I'm going to lead with you, Lou. Uh, over, under, episode 126, number one, Shaggy. Shaggy, over, Dude, underrated. I was fucking Shaggy for Halloween. Extremely underrated. One of the better Scooby-Doo characters. It probably goes Scooby, Shaggy, Vilma, mm-hmm. Daphne, and then whoever the blonde-haired cuck is. I always forget his name. Fred. Fred. He's Fred. probably the worst one. He sucks. Um, he wears extremely a underrated Shaggy jug. Zoinks! I think Shaggy is freaking great, dude. He's uh, he's a, he's just a classic cartoon character. You know, he was like the original stoner in cartoon version. Shaggy, underrated. Yeah, absolutely no question. Uh, I agree with everything you said, except one thing I would change with what you said, Lou, is I think Shaggy is cooler than Scooby-Doo. Like, he is my favorite character on the Scooby-Doo show. Uh, he rocks. Yeah. Shaggy rocks. No. Underrated. Lou reminds me of Fred. No. Yeah. Absolutely <laughs> wear not. Ne- wear neckerchiefs. <laughs> no. Absolute cock. Fred is a straight cock. Yeah, he stinks, dude. Giga cock. Yeah, he stinks. <laughs> Number two. Uh, Channy. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Over what? or underrated? What? Whiskey. <laughs> what? Beer. Vodka. Underrated. Stone Cold was my favorite growing up. Him, The Rock, so many good times. He was the staple of the WWE, and he just did everything. He did everything to the nth degree. The stunners, the drinking the beer, the antics outside the ring, beating up Mr. McMahon in the hospital room. Stone Cold's the GOAT. Underrated. Yeah, agree with everything you said. Absolutely underrated. The only thing you didn't mention was my favorite Stone Cold moment of all time, the Zamboni at Joe Hell Lewis yeah. Arena. The Miller Lite Zamboni crashing through the fence, crushing beers. Iconic wrestling moment and pretty awesome that it happened at the Joe. Stone Cold underrated. Fucking right, boys. The Texas Rattlesnake forever. Stone Cold <laughs> underrated. Austin 316. Number three, this is perfect for me to lead off with, rats. Rats. (laughs) So I have a history with rats, for those who don't know. When I lived in Chicago, I lived in Wrigleyville, and they redid Wrigley Stadium, uh, Wrigley Field while we were there. And apparently when they did this, all the rats at the stadium, like, scattered out into Wrigleyville. Not that there weren't already rats there. But we moved into a place right down the street from them, and, man, these rats were in our house. They were big. They were nasty. They were city rats. The landlord wouldn't do anything about it. Where have you heard that before? Landlord wouldn't do shit. They told us it would be fine. Um, it got to the point where we were like, we're going to have to like do something about this. Like we don't want to do like anything legal, but like we can't sleep with these rats, man. Like it's fucking what? brutal. So 
they gave us free rent for until they got the rat problem solved, which they never did. So we ended up getting free rent for like a month or two months. And once you get free rent, man, so we were kind of like chilling with the rats. We were like drinking with the rats, smoking with the rats. <laughs> they were kind of our boys. They got us you like free rent. Splinter. Yeah, they were tight. The rats were cool. Um, and then obviously rats infested Lafayette Coney Island, got the place shut down. That was bullshit. You got to know that there's rats in a place that, that dirty. But overall, what I'm trying to say is rats <laughs> underrated. Thanks for the free rent when I lived in Chicago. Underrated rats. Is it me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to follow suit, Frank. Very resourceful, very gritty survivors, chronic. I mean, these boys are absolute jugs. They never give up, they never die. They can go months without eating, they can gnaw through a lead pipe. You gotta think about rats as a whole here. These things are actual predators, they are part of Mother Nature, and they're part of Detroit, Michigan. They're part of any big city. Rats, underrated. I don't know yeah, what mother. the fuck you're talking about. I don't know if I was more lost when you were building a house or more <laughs> lost when it got to their part of Mother Nature and you're talking about rats. Rats stink. They're disgusting. They're not small and they're not big. They're gangly. Their tails are long. I fucking hate rats. How can a rat be underrated? I don't understand either of them. Rats are overrated. They suck. They do nothing for you. They eat your garbage. They eat your house. They wreak havoc. And you guys are calling them underrated. Rats suck. Rats are overrated, but they're a part of Mother Nature. We wouldn't expect you to get it, Jamie. Yeah, you loser. You wouldn't get it. Yeah. Hey, blue collar, you, don't know the rat, you don't know the rat. You don't know the rat. Yeah, collar. you guys are rats. Exactly. <laughs> you wouldn't get it, dude. You wouldn't get it. Rat life, baby. Splinter. Number four. Uh, number four, the office rug, my office rug. He's talking about champagne athletics office rug. This one is pretty much just for us because no one else in the world has seen the rug. <laughs> so I'll have to take a picture so everyone can see the rug. What'd you think of my rug, Channy? Uh, I'm going to go underrated big. What was it? A white leopard on there. Maybe yep. like a white cheetah, something like that. Something nice, like that. Little, nice little red trim around it to make it pop out. I mean, just fits the vibe. Underrated. Appreciate that. I think it's me. I love the rug. Underrated. I think it really brought the uh, place together. The floors are really, really shitty there. Very cheaply done. So it was nice to cover up some of that shitty floor. Shout out my wife for picking out absolute jug of a rug, if you will. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you, boys. Great rug. A nice Indonesian feel. Mm -hmm. Uh, with the with the tiger with the with the red detail around the outside the snow leopard mind you not the tiger uh, with the red detail around the outside I thought it really brought the place together like you said Frank severely underrated oh yeah I can't wait till we dump a red smoothie on it or something and just ruin it no one's drinking smoothies in there number five the NFL tr this NFL trade deadline I have no idea who's up I think it's me. Okay, this NFL um, trade line over underrated. I'd say I'd say overrated. I thought it was pretty shitty. Uh, not not much action. Like Chase Young getting traded was like the biggest news. Everything else was like C or B tier players. Uh, pretty boring and uneventful. Overrated. 
I even think I can broaden it up. I think in general, the NFL trade deadline is always overrated. I feel yeah. like there's so much more action in baseball, basketball. Um, I just feel like the NFL, the big moves are made in the offseason and around the draft. So overrated. Yeah, that's the one thing the NFL is not king at is transactions. Like I even feel like the last few years with quarterbacks moving, we've seen it more than we normally do. But players don't like make these big these big hammer trades and stuff like that, I feel like. So, yeah, overrated. The only good thing that happened was we get to point and laugh at Chicago when Sweat signs with us. <laughs> um, that's it. That was five. I was miscounting. I thought we had one more. But that is it. That is it. Episode 126. Very fitting for Gibbs' breakout week uh, to end the episode of the 26th. Uh, awesome week, boys. Lions head into the bye. Wings back on track. Pistons playing well. Fucking Pizzo's birthday. We got it all going on. We had Jerry in town. Shout out producer Mike for working so hard this week um, on the video. You did an awesome job cutting that up and filming all the stuff. So we appreciate you. And we also appreciate every listener who's listening out there. The best thing you can do for us is rate this five stars on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And, but the number one thing you can do is tell a friend. Share the podcast on socials and then tell them this is what you guys are listening to. Um, I got a lot of new merch in the store, so go check it out. A lot of nice sweaters, hoodies, stuff like that. So appreciate you guys supporting. Um, and, hey, we will see you next week. Have a great weekend, everybody. Peace. See you.